0: Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 46, Your Subconscious and Unconscious Mind. It's July 19th, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum, I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Your subconscious and unconscious mind. Oh my gosh, this is a very fascinating and extremely powerful sh- subject in my opinion. One that I happen to really enjoy. One I'm, I've done quite a bit of work on, so I have some experience. And one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is because yesterday I did a podcast that's about how to manage and process your emotions which is extremely important if you're human. And I have a mention in that podcast about the subconscious unconscious mind. And it kind of had an aha moment yesterday thinking, Oh boy, I really need to do a whole podcast about the subconscious and unconscious mind because yes, 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 it's that important. Yes. It's really that important that you understand this and how it can affect you. Now, Let's assume, <clears throat> like most people, you have, you're have you not really familiar with the subconscious or unconscious mind. I want you to know that the subconscious, unconscious mind research started in either the early 1800s or before. So it depends on who you read and what you believe, but it's been around for a very long time. I'm also going to be talking about neuroplasticity of the brain, which you may not have heard of either, unless you've listened to, listened to a few of my podcasts or watch some of my YouTube videos and neuroplasticity of the brain. The research on that is at least 132 years old. So when I talk about things, people I talk about things that are grounded, well-researched, well-proven, well-documented because I don't go for the fringe stuff. So, This podcast can help you make sense of some of your behaviors, help you get unstuck if you're stuck, and really help you quickly move your your life forward if you do some of the things I'm recommending. So the good news is that you can impact your subconscious and unconscious mind to get your life powered up. So let's get going. What I'm going to cover in this podcast today is really an explanation of what the subconscious and unconscious mind is, what happens in your subconscious and unconscious mind, how your subconscious or unconscious thoughts and decisions drive your life, how you can access your subconscious and unconscious mind, the exciting news about neuroplasticity of the brain and what that means, and then I'm going to give you the ways to rewire your subconscious and unconscious mind so that you are driving your own life. A couple of takeaways and then a call to action. So, if you're new to my podcast or content, you can visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com, where I would love it if you would enter my current giveaway my current giveaway I'm giving away copies of my empowerment self-help book and that giveaway is is called (laughs) that giveaway is called look look I want a book I know it just makes me makes me laugh and uh, anyway the giveaway goes on through December twenty twenty two, but they'll probably I'll probably either continue it or start a new one because I, I I have a penchant where I seem to really have fun giving stuff away. Now, the next important thing to cover is my disclaimer. I am not a medical or health professional in any capacity in any way whatsoever, and you should be getting your medical or therapy advice from a licensed professional. That's how it works, and I'm not that. So this is not intended to be therapy or medical advice. If you're listening to this podcast and you happen to be suicidal or you've been thinking of harming yourself or you've been hopeless, I'm asking you to get into action and please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number is one 800 273 What I'm asking is that you will tell someone, you will talk about it. I don't care if you post it on social media, but be clear, you're asking for help. People will actually help you. Maybe not the people you expect the help from, but when you need help, you take the help from wherever it comes. All right, so that's that. So what exactly is your subconscious and unconscious mind? Well, For the purpose of this podcast, for simplicity, I am going to group or lump the subconscious and unconscious mind together as one entity, even though they are not the same thing. And what the definition of subconscious mind is, and we're going to keep this definition for the unconscious mind as well, is is defined as of or concerning part of the mind that you are not fully aware of, but which influences one's actions and feelings. So I wanna read that again. So of or concerning the part of the mind that you are not fully aware of, but which influences one's actions and feelings. So that's the definition. We're gonna go with that for both unconscious and subconscious mind. So why this is so critical is because this part of your mind influences your actions and your feelings even though even though you're not aware of it. So if we go back in time, one of the more notable writers about the unconscious or subconscious mind was Sigmund Freud. Although, to be frank, Darwin wrote about it back in 1859. So, you know, I think Sigmund is more widely known for his writings in this area than Darwin, but Darwin did write about it. So, and from the research, because if you're new to my podcast, I like to look at the medical research now and then, when I'm doing a podcast, to see if there's any new developments, because sometimes I haven't looked at a topic for a long time. Like the subconscious, unconscious mind, I probably haven't looked at that in 20 years, and it's very interesting to see, well, what's happened in that area. So it seems to me, from a little PubMed article that I looked at, that's medical research. If it's in PubMed, that counts. Uh, It seems to me that Sigmund Freud's writings while they're still in use, are kind of fading, kind of going by the wayside a little bit in favor of other current research. So you've probably heard the term, uh, oh, I think that's a Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah, that comes from Sigmund Freud and this whole topic. So a Freudian slip is an unintentional error regarded as revealing subconscious feelings. So. Frequently, by the way, when people make Freudian slips, they're often revealing hidden resentments, hostilities, negative thoughts or feelings, you know, that haven't been openly discussed or revealed. So when I looked at PubMed, so it's interesting because there's two kind of areas where this subconscious unconscious mind is kind of branched off into One falls under the cognitive psychology area and the other falls into social psychology. I know, who knew we had all these different branches of psychology? Oh, we do. Well, interestingly enough, the two different forms or branches of psychology have different views about the role and the significance of the unconscious subconscious mind, which I think is just helpful to be aware of. So in cognitive psychology, their view is that the unconscious mind is rather dumb. They actually they actually had the word dumb in quotes in the PubMed article, which I thought was interesting. Now, on the other hand, the social psychology field holds the view that the unconscious mind is a pervasive, powerful influence over higher mental processes. So clearly I'm leaning in towards the social psychology as opposed to the cognitive psychology theory. And so another aspect, and I'm not sure which field is actually studying this, but you can, you can read about it's, it's fascinating. It's called thin slicing and thin slicing in psychology is where something from your subconscious kind of breaks through or, um, You know your it's your ability of your subconscious or unconscious to find a pattern uh, in situations or behaviors based on like a nanosecond or a very 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 rapid short amount of time that you then make a decision on and we find thin slicing very applicable to a physician who works in an ER room or to firefighters who enter a burning building and and exit almost immediately, not even sure why they're exiting. Or law enforcement. So there's plenty of, of interesting examples. And there's you know research being conducted about you know how this how this works. But thin slicing thin slicing is another kind of preview or application for the subconscious unconscious mind. So um, what I'm addressing though in this podcast is not thin slicing. You can go look that up. It's very it's very interesting. People have written about it. So what I need you to know about the the brain your your mind is that the conscious part of your mind represents about 10%. Now I did see some writings research that said 5%. So it's somewhere between 5 and 10%. We're going to go for 10% on this podcast. I think it's reasonable. I think it's more common than the 5%. But in any case, the amount of your mind that you're actually awake and aware to, what you're thinking, what you're doing, is roughly 10%. And what that means is that the subconscious or the unconscious part of your mind represents about 90%. 95% if you're in that other camp. So yesterday I did the podcast on managing and processing your emotions. And I mentioned something that Bruce Lipton had said in a video that I saw years ago Um, and in the video, so Bruce Lipton is the author of the biology of the belief and this analogy that he gave in a video I saw on YouTube is so powerful. I'm stealing it. So thank you, Bruce Lipton. I have no relationship to him. Don't know him. Never met him. Never talked to him, but it's a great analogy. So I'm stealing it, but I'm giving him credit. And his analogy was that your conscious mind is equivalent to a laptop computer And your subconscious or unconscious mind is equivalent to a very, very mega large mainframe. Now, so you have a laptop and you have a mainframe. And it is the mainframe or the 90% that's driving your life. Now, I happened to mention it in my podcast yesterday because things that you have in your subconscious or unconscious mind, they color and effect and impact how you manage and process your emotions. I'm not talking about that here, but I think the analogy is significant. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, you can still listen to this completely. You'll have a little bit broader, better understanding of the unconscious, subconscious mind, and you can go back and listen to how to manage and process your emotions because you definitely need to know how to do that. All right. And I'm gonna give you a technique at the end of this podcast on how to rewire your brain. So what exactly is in your subconscious and unconscious mind? Well, this is where decisions lie, decisions you've made about life, your thoughts, your feelings, memories, and other pieces of important information. So for example, when I was talking about thin slicing, the firefighters that have been written about, Made a, a snap judgment. It's, thin slicing is really a snap judgment. They made a snap judgment to exit a building, and it turned out that was appropriate because the fire wasn't in the kitchen; it was in the basement, and the floor collapsed. And in you know emergency room medicine, you know ER doctors have to, to make snap judgments with very little time uh, to save the life of a patient. So there's several applications where information is retrieved in a a, a nanosecond that affects what's going on. But in this case, the thing that I wanna, and I also would say that this is the unconscious or subconscious mind is where your hurts and wounds are also stored protected by your manager parts i know that's it's a thing manager parts are a thing we're not talking about that but uh because i don't think that's really too relevant and i really really like to talk about things that are relevant that you can take action on that you can do that you can like that will give you a great life so what happens though is as you're moving through life you make decisions about people about life about events, about situations, about the world, about all kinds of things that you are unaware of. So it's the fact that you are unknowingly making decisions which are then housed or stored in your subconscious and unconscious mind and you don't have access to it and you don't even have awareness to it. So. My opinion, having done some, some, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty reasonably good work on my subconscious, unconscious mind, I'm going to say that a large part of it, now maybe not the memories and maybe not the facts and maybe not some things, but a lot of what's in your subconscious or unconscious mind is pretty negative. I mean, it's got not really good stuff. I mean, for the decisions. So I want to give you some examples of what what are the things that people have in their subconscious or unconscious mind. Because besides my own work, work on myself, I have worked with other people in coaching capacities. So I have, you know, experience in this beyond my own experience. So first of all, I want to state a fact, which is 85% of the population worldwide, according to the research, has low self-esteem. So when someone has low self-esteem, They have different concerns, they think differently, they have different issues than someone, say, who doesn't have low self-esteem. And when someone has low self-esteem, I do have a whole podcast on low self-esteem, which is not this podcast. But here's some examples of things, statements, ideas, or judgments, or decisions that are rolling around in people's minds, unbeknownst to them, who have low self-esteem or just in general, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. There is something wrong with me. Okay. Let me tell you that's, there is something wrong with me statement. That is extremely common, maybe universal. I don't know, but it's extremely common. I can't win. I don't deserve love. I don't deserve good things in life my life never works out, no one understands me, no one gets me, no one will ever love me, I can't get a guy, I can't get a girl, nobody likes me, I will never amount to anything. So that gives you the flavor of kind of very calm, those are very, very very common themes, especially like I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy, those, and they, they're they below the surface. And and you can have someone who is extremely successful, wildly successful, who A, could still have low self-esteem, and B, could still have those I'm not worthy, you know, negative thoughts and judgments about themselves below the surface. So you can't look at someone and say, wow, look at them, they're so successful, of course they're, they think they're worthy. They may or may not think they're worthy. You know, it's it's hard to say. So one of the things that happens is you go through life and you make these decisions un, unaware of, of these decisions. So I talked in the podcast yesterday that, you know, at a young age, I, I'm a big thinker, big dreamer. I do have a podcast on that, by the way. If you do that, people will judge and condemn you. They will criticize you and they might even attack you because it's not what they do. It's not what they know. It's not what they're comfortable with. Oh, and by the way, I have a podcast on being judged, criticized, and condemned out that, that I did to support people who are going to go think big. But at a younger age, I was very successful in, you know, something in college and something at work. And as a result, I got I took a lot of heat. And so unbeknownst to me, I made a decision at a very young age, like 24, that you don't really, you you want to be successful in life, but you don't want to come in at number one. You want to come in at number two or number three, so you don't take all the heat. Now, that's fine. That's a fine decision, but no, that's not okay, because I don't need to have that decision. And it was the unearthing that allowed me to change it. And the other thing is, you know, people go through divorces, bad breakups, bad things at work, all kinds of things. And they make decisions as a result that they're not aware of. So the helpful thing is that in your conscious mind, you're only conscious about 10%. Then you got all this stuff that you can't explain. So I want to talk next about like how this plays out in real life. So for example, this is how it plays out in real life. So, i had this person i was working with and they wanted to um they were being offered a promotion at work one they really deserved to be honest they were they were highly deserving of the promotion and they knew intellectually so they knew at a cognitive level at a at a conscious level that they had earned the promotion and that they were actually deserving of the promotion so that much we had we, we covered that in square one right off the bat, but there was this resistance and this reluctance and this um, inability to accept the promotion and, and kind of get on with it. So one of the things that um, we discovered in, in working was that um, they unrelated to work, you know, separate from work unrelated to work and unrelated to their professional career, had in their subconscious mind that they would never amount to anything. That's That's the way it was language. And if you had that going on, of course, you know, it'd be problematic to take a promotion. Of course, there would be this like unrealized resistance that the discovery of that oh i'm never going to amount to anything you know provides some access and freedom now another example of how this plays out in real life is i had someone who wanted to move back to be closer to their aging parents but they just they couldn't get it together they could not figure out what the problem was because they wanted to go they wanted to move but they you know there were just all these issues and they and it just didn't didn't happen didn't happen didn't happen so we, we talked and then eventually we got to the point where what we discovered was at a young age something had happened and they had made a decision they were getting out of dodge and they were never coming back So out of an incident, they had made up their mind as soon as they could leave, they would leave and never come back. And that was really helpful because it was a decision based on, you know, a a problem, a a situation, and the, uh, the revealing of that made it. You know possible for them to say yeah that's not true that doesn't apply anymore so the things that are in your subconscious and unconscious mind keep you from love they keep you from happiness they keep you from changing jobs or getting promoted or accepting promotions or moving they keep you from doing all kinds of things and having your dreams come true but you don't know it now So this is one thing that stops people, by the way. It's not the only thing that stops people because something else that stops people is they're uncomfortable with doing something new and they, like, when I was going to start podcasting, it was on my list and then I noticed, oh my gosh, months had gone by and I hadn't started podcasting. Well, you know, part of it was because I didn't know how to do it. And I had to, to figure out technical things, and I'd never listened to a podcast before, so there was that. I, I never listened to anybody else's podcast, so I didn't. I didn't think that was necessary. <laughs> so, but there were other things that stopped me. So your subconscious, unconscious mind can stop you. It's not the only thing, but this definitely has a huge impact on your life now early early on coaching I wasn't aware of the neuroplasticity of the brain and rewiring your brain so I didn't have that technique that I'm going to give you today so which is why we took the long circuitous route to figuring out what what is it that's stopping you and you don't have to do that you do not not have to figure out what's in the way to be able to get in action and, and have what you want so I wanna mention before I get into neuroplasticity of the brain, some of the ways, other than what I'm gonna talk about, that you can access your subconscious or unconscious mind, just in case you're interested. I mean, these take a lot longer. Some cost uh, money, but but and this is not an all-inclusive list, but I, I think it's important for you to know. So one is deep therapy work, whether that's cognitive behavioral therapy or some other kind of therapy. And, of course, that therapy work would depend on the quality and the skills of the therapist. Journaling, I mean, and that kind of therapy work could take years. Journaling, collaging, doing dream work, uh, doing things like it seems like statements, and art or art therapy. So those are some of the ways, historically, that people have done work to access their subconscious, unconscious mind. Now, I'm a fan of easy, fast, cheap, quick, (laughs) productive, because I like to go have fun, so I don't want to be wasting my time. So here's the exciting news. Neuroplasticity of the brain is so, it's such a game changer. You don't have to go do years of therapy or unearth the treasure troves, you can, change the wiring of your brain. So the thing, the neuroplasticity of the brain is defined as the ability of the nervous system to change its activity in response to intrinsic or extrinsic stimuli by reorganizing its structure, functions, or connections. So the brain reorganizing itself either its structure, its functions, or its connections. So the first person from the research, I'm not saying this is true, but uh, it, it appears that James Williams, who was a pioneer in psychology, in his book, The Principles of Psychology, which was published in 1890, wrote about the theoretical notions of neuroplasticity. So 132 years ago, James, William James wrote about that. Then in 1948, Jer- uh, Jerzy Karonski, who was a Polish neuroscientist, you know, coined the term neuroplasticity that we still use today and describe the changes in neuronal structure. So I really want you to understand this is not fringe, we don't do fringe here. We do solid science. We do uh, research-proven, therapy-approved techniques to improve your life. And this is not fringe. However, I will say that people who aren't as grounded in science will make false statements. So you have to know what's true and what's not true. Like, for example, you can't, you can't, you can't teach someone emotional intelligence. That's not true. Because of what we know about neuroplasticity, you can resolve traumas, you can learn new skills, you can learn anything, change your, like you can change anything. And the some of the physician videos involving patients that I watched a number of years ago are amazing. So you can learn anything. I have a short, very short YouTube video called You Can Teach an Old Dog New Tricks. And really, basically, with neuroplasticity, that has upended medicine, there being psychology as we know it, completely how we know it. And long before we had uh, current research, which really kind of took off, I think, in the 1960s, there was an author by the name of Florence Scovel Shin, who hinted at the idea in her published works, one of which uh, she's probably best known for a book called The Game of Life and How to Play It, which was published in 1925. And she uses affirmation in her books. So, long before and she credits Florence Scovelshin interestingly enough in one of her books credits someone from more than a hundred years before 1900 with the idea that she portrays in the body of her works so this has been you know this has been around for a long time it's not fringe and you don't have to unpack your traumas, your wounds, your past, your history, and all that—you don't have to unpack it. You can go unpack it. I mean, if you want to go unpack it, go unpack it. But we're going to give—I'm going to give you the shortcut through to change whatever's in your subconscious mind without even knowing what's in there. All right. So here, are, I'm going to give you the process for the quick, fast process. <laughs> okay? You—there are other processes, but I, of course, fast, quick, cheap—that's what we want which to rewire your subconscious and unconscious mind, which I call driving your own life because you want to drive your own life. You want your own life to be intentional. You want it to be amazing and great. So you've got to drive it. So number one, you are going to use affirmations to rewire your brain and create new neuronal pathways. So what I mean by that is an affirmation is a very simple statement or series of statements that call to your mind, call to your heart, call to you, or are in an area you're at work at. I'm gonna give you some examples. Or it could be an affirmation that addresses an issue at hand. And affirmations are very personal. And you wanna make an affirmation something that's gonna help you solve a problem, or help you deal with something, or help you, you know, move forward. So one affirmation that somebody I work with used and she knows I she knows I've used this because it was it was great because um, when I, I do have people I work with do affirmations because it's a way to rewire their their past and kind of overwrite whatever's in their subconscious mind and so she had picked Happiness is a choice, and I choose to be happy. And that made an incredible difference for her. So here's some other examples of things that you could use as affirmations. I am getting a fantastic job because I deserve it and because I can. I am going to do X, Y, or Z because I want to, and it will make me happy. I am going to go visit, see, do, blah, 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 because I can and because I want to or it'll make me happy or whatever. I am good enough. I am worthy. I'm a child of God and therefore all good things come to me. Now I did think because Florence Scovel Shin was I think kind of like a little bit of a pioneer in the affirmation world or at least it seems like that to me from my research. And I did have a number of her books years ago. I don't have any of them anymore. But so I wanted to give you three affirmations that I found on the webs. So I got rid of her books uh, just to give you a flavor of what she was saying in 1925. So here are three from Florence Scovel Shin. My endless good now comes to me in endless ways. My heart's desire is a perfect idea in divine mind incorruptible and indestructible and now comes to pass under grace in a magical way. And lastly, divine love through me now dissolves all seeming obstacles and makes clear, easy and successful my way. So I think she's kind of a pioneer in 1925 and you can find her books still for sale on the internet. Now, here are the instructions, so you're going to first pick one or more, I mean you don't have to have one, but you're going to pick an affirmation or multiple affirmations that are addressing whatever you're dealing with. So I don't know what you're dealing with, but you're going to make up affirmations, or you can go look on the web, I mean there's there's plenty of stuff. You can find pages of Florence Gobel Shins, which are kind of archaic or antique in the languaging, but still nonetheless effective. Although she has a religious slant to hers. And you so you're gonna pick. You're gonna make a decision, whether you have one, five, ten, three, two. I mean, I don't think you need ten affirmations, but pick whatever you want, get them, get them written down, and you are gonna say out loud your affirmations several times a day. And you can also say them in your head. Like if you're by yourself. You can say your affirmations. If you're with people, you can just think them in your head, but you're going to say it over and over and over again. How many times? 20 times, 30 times? Listen, the more committed you are, the more you say them out loud and in your head, the faster you're going to rewire your brain. This is a process. You're, re- you're creating a new message in your subconscious or unconscious mind. And as a life coach, let me tell you, because I do, I do have people do this. I can tell, from call to call, who's really been rigorous with their affirmations and who is not. Now I don't call them out on it. I might say, "Hmm, how often are you doing your affirmations?" But I'm, I'm a pretty—I'd uh, like to think—I'd say I'm a pretty gentle life coach because it's a big deal when people take on their life. So you want to be loving and you want to be gentle. I can also be firm and confronting. Don't worry. But I mean, when I was doing affirmations way back in the day, after I learned about affirmations, I was like, wow. And then you combine affirmations with near plasticity. It's a perfect formula to change your life. So I was doing affirmations nonstop. Well, I don't mean nonstop because I was doing other things and working, but So, for example, if I was driving, I would either be praying or doing affirmations. If I was pumping gas, do affirmations, like if I was walking the dog, whatever. I did them a lot, and I had them printed out, which is one of the things I'm recommending, is print your affirmations out on paper and put them around so you see them. There's something about seeing written language that does something to your brain. They actually have some pretty interesting research about that in terms of college students taking notes and how they do academically versus people who don't. But anyway, so you're going to make signs. You're going to print out your affirmations, but then you're going to make signs. And when I say make a sign, I mean make a big sign, eight and a half by 11. Make a sign and put them where you can see them. Why? Because it will make a difference. Now, I know, I know, I know the people that I've coached. When I tell them that they need to make a large sign, typically, by the way, it's of their master list in time management, but sometimes it's other signs. Uh, When I tell them they have to make a large sign with their master list or what have you, whatever, something else, there is a fair amount of, a little bit of resistance, a fair amount of skepticism. People don't always do it right away. So between the first call and the second call, the second call, whatever call it is. They don't always do it, because I'll check in, did you make a large sign, do you have your master list on, you know, a big piece of paper, and it's either yes or no, or, you know, but what i found is that when people actually do that, particularly with their master list, but when people actually do that, it takes them back a little bit and catches them by surprise that it makes a difference. Because it's just so easy to get caught up in life and forget what you're up to, or forget this or that. So yes, you want to make a visual sign. You know, I'm going to go visit my sister this fall, or I'm going to, you know, get the best job ever because I can, or I'm going to lose 10 pounds or whatever, whatever it is, like whatever you're up to, make a visual sign. This is in addition to, by the way, your affirmations. So the more committed you are, the more frequently you do the affirmations, the quicker your brain gets rewired. That's how it works. So the people I work with who do rigorous affirmations, I mean rigorous, I I couldn't even count how many times a day I used to do my affirmations. I mean, it was like, if I wasn't working or I wasn't doing this or that, and I had a moment, affirmation. So, that's the affirmation piece. And from my research, from everything I've done, and I've done a ton of work on myself, that's the fastest shortcut in to rewire what you've got going on in your subconscious and unconscious mind, what you wanna do. So a couple, two other things that are gonna help you is, is one, be up to something. And I always recommend be up to something because, hey it can help you stave off depression and sadness and loneliness, and it's really helpful. But what we know from the research is that when you set a goal and then you take action towards the goal you've set, it helps you be happier. And in this case, let's assume you're gonna, re- you really have something you wanna address, weight loss, job change, relationship, whatever. Um, So you've got that piece where you've got to do some work to rewire your brain. You, on the other hand, being up to something, setting some goals and going to work on them is going to give you a little distraction from the rewiring. And it's going to help you be happier and produce some results or something. Because, of course, I'm I'm big into results. All right, so be up to something. It's really a great thing no matter what. And it could be something small like you know, getting your house organized or a room organized or just being happy or going to visit your son or daughter or whatever. So be up to something. The next thing, which you're already on if you're listening to this podcast, if you are listening to this podcast, then you are on the road to growth and development. And let me tell you people, it is the place to be. Why Because growth and development is the access to love, it's the access to happiness, it's the access to peace of mind, it's the access to being able to deal with the nasty, hard stuff in life. It's amazing. And was it that bad to listen to this podcast? Well, I hope not. (laughs) I mean, if you're still listening at this point, I hope it's not that bad. I mean, I I really, okay. I have to say, I've gotten feedback on my podcast and it's really been positive. People are not like thinking there's something wrong with my podcast. So growth and development is amazing. And all of my podcasts and all of my written material, my YouTube videos, they're all going to help you. So it doesn't have to be yucky. Just get on the road and start looking at yourself and start becoming self-aware and grow your emotions, all the good stuff. So you're already on the road. So keep going, keep going on this road, stay on this road of growth and development and uh, enjoy it. All right. So the next suggestion I have for you is to pay attention to what you're thinking and saying, thinking like what you're thinking in your head and what you're saying out loud. And now when I talk to people, when I've done this myself, sometimes it's surprising to hear what comes out of my mouth. I mean, sometimes it's, it's not negative about other people, but sometimes, you know, you really have to catch yourself and this is part of developing self-awareness, which is the foundation and beginning place or spot for emotional intelligence is self-awareness. So I'm asking you, if you're going to go on this journey to rewire your brain, I hope you are, I hope you will, to start really paying attention, like, like be wrapped at attention, about what you're saying out loud and what you're thinking in your head because that's going to be helpful next i i f- frequently i frequently recommend this because i love it which is to take people with you you do not have to do life alone i mean yes i'm single i'm alone more than i'd like to admit but i get out there with people and when i'm up to a project guess what i don't typically do projects by myself I love having a team I love working with a group of people and who don't you know like everybody you know could use the material that my podcast this one and all the others like it's the reality of life so create a little team and take some people with you even if it's just your spouse or your sibling or your neighbor or your best friend or whatever get somebody to go on this journey with you because It's going to be helpful to you, and it's going to be helpful to to them. And lastly, make it fun and playful. I did a a podcast the other week about having more fun and play in your life. And yes, 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 yes. Most people don't have enough fun and play in their life, and I'm a diehard fan of playing and having fun. I love it because I'm extremely aware of how painful and hard life is. So why not play and have fun every chance you get? I mean, I I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. Well, you might not want to do that because you hadn't thought of it, but now, now you're thinking about it. So how can you go out and make your life fun? So here's your takeaways. It's time to start realizing that whether you like it or not, the the unconscious and subconscious part of your mind is what's driving your life, whether you like it or not, whether you realize it or not. And it's time to take control back of your life by rewiring your brain so that you can have the life that you want, because you can. And the last takeaway is it's time to start using affirmations to take advantage of neuroplasticity of your brain and to change your life in the process. So here are my call to action requests. Number one, start taking the actions to drive your life. You want to be in the driver's seat and get some people to go with you and make it fun. And lastly, share this podcast on social media or by email, however, so that other people can start to learn and grow themselves. That's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my love life podcast episode number 46 your subconscious and unconscious mind I really hope you're going to start driving your own life with intentional actions instead of allowing some negative things in your subconscious or unconscious mind drive your life If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. Visit my website at www.lisaalundy to enter my giveaway and win something. And I love you. I hope you're doing well. Take care for now.